Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. And as I said, welcome to St. Romain. Uh, so our show, as ever, is all about kind of the ideas of music discovery and putting a spotlight on new DJs and new and collectors around the world. Um, it's also our first birthday this month, so that's exciting. Um, and I'm very, very honoured and excited, well, potentially, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, have the Arctic Lake guys in the studio with me today. Woo! Wee, hello. <laughs> so uh, Paul and Emma, say hello individually. Hello. I'm obviously Paul. <laughs> Hi, I am Emma. <laughs> and this is the standard of the show for the rest yeah. of the show. I was actually about to say how funny it was that you said you were honoured to be with us. I was yeah. like, that is just <laughs> the first time I've ever heard you compliment us. I have to say that. But you had, you, you obviously did a disclaimer to say it could go the other way. So When talking to the guys before the show about how this is the second St. Romain show there were a lot of provisors about how this might be the last St. Romain show as well. So, uh, and I had to allow them to tell them they are allowed to swear, but they should avoid it where possible. So, okay. We'll see um, how long that lasts. We'll but yeah. Right. Great. So um, I'm going to do a little intro to you guys before we kind of kick into some music. So one of the things that always kind of gets described about your music, and obviously I was going through all of your reviews surprisingly positive all the time but, wow, okay. yeah, always send me po- those because I've just I've seen the bad ones <laughs> always positive um, is that it's emotional chilled out pop or atmospheric alt pop um, and you know you guys have kind of grown from that as well so talk about you know you met, you met at university so that's that's a nice uh, flag bearing thing for the uh, education societies of the world oh yeah indeed but, um, so talk about your kind of story of you know how the band formed and how you grew Go on, Emma, off you go. Uh, so, yeah, we went to Westminster University. Um, we all, my memory's quite poor, so you always tell me that. <laughs> I remember when I first laid eyes on you, Emma, but I don't think, I don't think it's reciprocated. Um, yeah, no, we met at uni longer ago than we'd like to admit. Yeah, let's, let's, be not, honest. let's not go there, yeah. Okay. I'm um, quite considerably older than you both. So. Okay, that's all right then, yeah. <laughs> It was in the last decade. So. I've stopped aging now. <laughs> <laughs> I finished university outside of this decade. So okay, thank I you. Think, okay, we win. So yeah. um, we'll be leaving now. Thank you very much. Um, no, yeah, so we, we met at uni and um, we, we got into a band and it was very like uni bandish. That where, is code for terrible. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, we were on a music course and I think if you go to uni on a music course and you get in a band, all you want to do is impress all your music mates, you know? Yeah, So true. you're trying to play as fast as you can or, like, loud as you can or sing as loud as you can, and that's what we were trying to do. We were just trying to play over each other, and it was actually awful. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, probably for, like, two years, I'd say. Mm. Um, and then I think we basically stumbled across this song called Limits that we wrote where it was really, like, stripped back, and it was the first time we'd tried to do, like, electronic stuff. 
because yeah. we were very much like a rock band before. And then it was basically the first song where we actually heard Emma sing. <laughs> and we were like, oh, you, oh, you can sing. You can sing. <laughs> and all this space for the vocal was just like actually really nice. And then we were like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty cool. And then we released it and it did way better than we ever thought it would. And, you know, got on a bit of radio and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, oh, okay, that's kind of, that's working, you know? And that's kind of where we fell into that sort of style. Um, but that, I mean, that was, that was like five years ago now. And obviously, if you think about the music you listen to over the course of like five years, it's going to change like, and it's just the mm. same for if you make music. So now we're sort of heading more into like a sort of upbeat sort of direction as well as the, as keeping that sort of style as well. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as, as songwriters, you, well, we're, we've always been influenced by like, our direct interaction and obviously our emotions and like what our friends go through and I want to say the world <laughs> but most of the time me and, Bo- me and Paul just write about boys and girls so um but yeah it's it's like I would say men and women <laughs> not boys and girls <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> and there we go <laughs> um so I mean let's let's talk about so obviously you've, you've been a band for a couple of years uh mm. um and then Heal Me came out, mm. yeah, and Heal Me was like a big, I'd say, a big step up for you guys. Did yeah. it feel like a big step up for you guys? Did it feel like it changed things? I think, I think, it did in terms of not only, I think, in terms of the musical sense, like the songwriting and the production on that was a big step up. Um, in terms of the way we did it, where with the previous stuff, I think it was a case of, oh, let's write a song. That's the first idea. That's the song. Mm. And there was no sort of thought or like, you know, external, um, you know, process of looking at it and saying, is that actually a good song? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it was just saying, that's a song and we should release it. So up until that point, you had no internalized QA. It was just like firing out. I mean, to be honest with you, pretty much like, and I think we just got lucky with the first one with Limits that it actually turned out to be quite a good song. And, you know, I think with Heal Me... It was only about a year after, but I think by that point we'd realised that actually you have to like analyse your own stuff and like decide if it's good or not. And then with the production as well, we'd, we've kind of produced most of that ourselves and that was a big step up. And then, you know, following on from that, the, when it was released, the reaction to it was a step up in terms of streaming and that sort of stuff and the numbers, if you want to focus on that as well. So, yeah, I feel like in every sense it was, it was yeah, a step up from the stuff before. Yeah. But I do, I do think like there is something beautiful about limits and the way that it was just natural because mm-hmm. there's this. I think there's a thing as an artist and a songwriter where you, it's obviously very important to analyse your song, like the, the songwriting. But it's easy to fall into thinking what the audience wants rather than just creating something. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think there was actually something really beautiful about limits. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we definitely wrote a lot of bad stuff. Mm. Briar. <laughs> but I suppose it's, it's nice in the sense that you kind of have an organic track that allows you to then start processing more about your music. Yeah, you know, if you'd, for sure. If you'd gone into that with the sort of, we are going to make songs in this exact way the entire way, you maybe probably wouldn't have had the same journey. Yeah. No, yeah. To, to be fair, like, I don't mean that in the sense of like, we analysed it of like, oh, is this like a formula that, you know, Spotify is going to love? It was more like... No intro. Yeah. Just drop in. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, it was more in the in the sense of like you know do we like it do we think that works because yeah. I think before it was it was um, you know yeah just more of a kind of 
throwing stuff out there sort of thing. Um, but no, I do agree. Obviously, yeah, the the reason limits worked. I think that like that had to happen. You know, the stuff we put out in that time to get to Heal Me like had to happen for us to then think about analysing it and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So we're going to fast forward a little bit towards Let You Down. Um, so talk about that track and the EP that was on, you know, that that's part of. Um, so that EP, that EP was super emotional for us, wasn't it? We'd like, mm. we'd been through breakups, profound breakups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, both of us, it was like our first Yeah, we, were, bo- we were both in relationships oh for God. like, literally like the, nearly the same amount of time, like yeah. six and a half, seven years. From when we were, you know, teenagers to early adults, if you like. Mm. Um, and we both broke up within sort of a year or yeah. two of each other. And that EP was, yeah, kind of written in the same period of time. And it was just like the story of of troubled relationship, breakup, feeling terrible. And then like, oh, okay, let's have some fun. Yeah. Because sort of <laughs> it's quite a diverse EP as well. Yeah. In, yeah, in terms of the sounds you've got in there. Yeah, and I, I think it. I mean, we probably should explain this more to our audience, but like the reason why I think it, why it is so diverse is because it actually was like it's the narration of like a year mm. of our actual lives and that whole emotional process of like I'm in a relationship that's failing. Oh, I'm actually heartbroken, and then like questioning like all the decisions that got you to there and then the liberation of like being single and regaining your independence and so that's why it's so yeah and actually when it came to ordering the ep um we literally just said well let's just do the actual storyline rather than like oh this song flows into that song into that song it was just like the you know the uh, chronological time mm-hmm. of um you know how it actually happened which just happened to end on cold hand which cold hands um <laughs> well done for knowing the names of your own songs thank you <laughs> words 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 um which for us then that's the last thing we've released and that's actually like a really good um sort of signpost of where we're going next as well yeah. so it all kind of fitted together really nicely that ep yeah nice well let's go into let you down and we'll have a listen to that It's better to be feared than loved. If you can't be both, it's not enough. So there was Let You Down by the wonderful Arctic Lake, who are sitting here with me. Hello. Um, and hello. How are you doing? <laughs> so whilst that was playing, we were talking about the fact that uh, Emma recently did, well, not recently, probably the end of last, mid last year. Yeah. Did an interview for Modern Woman. And they said that she was not the loudest of people, <laughs> which is a very different understanding that I've developed from knowing that. Like, guys. Um, yeah. And uh, I also wrote down Paul looking sad. So Yeah. What, right now? <laughs> just in general. Just in ge- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, Gareth. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, you've got, you know, you've got to dig through the external layers and then you realise that I can be quite loud and Paul can be quite happy. It yeah, I think it's just a, I've got a resting bitch face and... Um, I think Emma, you know, when she's had a few, a few, um, few rum and cokes, especially, yeah, that sets her off on and the on the volume dial, you know. You were, we were we were speaking to someone the other day, and you were like, "Yeah, Emma's, you know, she she'd be quite cold and like, like what were you saying? Wait, what? what <laughs> we were this? in a session, and you were like, "Yeah, she could be quite like cold and like off. I can't remember what 
Oh, you would, yeah. Oh, yeah. You. <laughs> Wait, what? This is excellent interview. What's happening Thank right now? <laughs> so, moving swiftly on from all of this and segueing quickly into the, the next. <laughs> so, we've talked about your kind of beginnings and obviously how your sound has changed. Uh, not like radically, I don't think your sound has changed. There's still like a lot no. of the fundamental elements that still exist. But, mm. you know, if we're talking about Cold Hands, which we'll play later, um, you know, how. How have your influences changed over time? You know, have they changed or is it just that, you know, you feel you're taking different things from the influences? Um, I I think the influences definitely have changed. I think when we started, you know, it was it was five, six years ago. And I think the music that was around in the mainstream of stuff, not in the mainstream, in the in the just the stuff we're listening to was a lot different. Um, and then over time, I think personally, I think at that point I was very like one of those people that was like against pop music. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh man, you know, that's in the charts. Like I don't like it because it's in the charts or whatever. And then I think since then, just like I've developed an appreciation for just, oh, it sounds so cheesy, but just for music, man, <laughs> of any genre, you know? And then I've, I've just actually, now I just love like a good song, whatever it is. Like, you know, the new Taylor Swift album. Great. Love it. You know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think then that does feed into the songwriting. And um, for this one especially, actually, we were talking about it earlier, it was it very nearly didn't happen, Cold Hands, because I was I was trying to experiment with, you know, writing more poppy stuff. Um, but we were feeling very sort of typecast, as Emma said, in terms of the music we had to make, that it had to be like this slow sort of, you know, ambient, sad music. So I thought well, with this stuff I'm making, clearly it can't be for the band. And I thought, you know, I was going to maybe songwrite for other people, give it to someone else or something. Um, and then Emma was asking me for ideas and I just had none that I thought were f- would fit with the band. I was like, Paul, I've got so much to write about. Yeah. So give, give me some ideas. And he was going, oh, I've got any of it. And I was like, I've got, I got nothing left. Um, but I just thought I'd send her that just so it looks like I've been doing something, you know. <laughs> so I did. And then she ended up writing to it. But she was like, oh, no, I don't think this is right for the band, you know. But But here it is anyway. And I, th- I just burped, by the way. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Oh, we can cut that, right? No, no, no. This is all staying <laughs> in. We'll keep it in. But later. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a louder one in a minute. Um, and we basically just went back and forth, like, making the song. But at every stage, we were going, oh, but this isn't for the band. You know, we're not going to release this. And then it got to the point where we'd finished it. And we were like... And we were like, we love it. Well, we might as well release it, you know? <laughs> so that, that whole thing was... Um, yeah, very nearly didn't happen. But, I'm yeah, I'm very glad it did. Because then... The, when we did release it, like, you know, people really liked it and then we played it live and we're like, adds a whole new dimension to the live set. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just really nice to be able to know that we can do stuff like that if we want to. Yeah, and just like break parameters that we put in ourselves mm. of what we could and couldn't do. And yeah, now it's now it's been a bit like a, it's definitely been a springboard into the future sound of the album. <laughs> so what the track that we've got coming up... Um, not by you is uh, Khaled Victoria Monet and SG Lewis track. Why that track? What was what? Why is that an influence to you? Or you just we just throwing music at me? No, right? we 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 both love SG Lewis, right? Um, but if oh, I don't like basically, um, I say it. <laughs> basically, I heard this song. And when it first came out and I was just in my bathroom and I have this thing of sometimes I'll listen to a song and I'll just like ad lib other melodies over it instead of like following the lead. And then sometimes I'll be like, 
oh, actually, we'd like that melody, and then it'll springboard an idea for us. Mm-hmm. And that actually happened with this track. And um, I went to Paul and I was like, you know what? I just jammed this melody over the latest SG Lewis song, and then we ran with it and have like a really a song that we really love from it. So it's a bit of an, it's, uh, an actual influence. Yeah. In terms of it's something we've done a few times where, like an old songwriting trick of, you know, you take a song, you take off the vocals, write a new vocal, take off the instrumental, write a new instrumental to the new vocal, and then you've got a new song. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting sued by S.G. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like plagiarism to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, usually it will, it will actually turn up, you know... A new song. Quite diff- yeah, yeah, quite different. I think um, it's completely different. With this one, I'm not so sure the instrumental did turn out so different. Ah, okay. Well, let's maybe but not say that live on air that's going to be recorded and going out on the internet. The chords are different. Right. You can't, <laughs> Sam, if you're listening, you can't sue me, mate. <laughs> I did different the, chords. The vocal's right? totally different, though. The vocal's different. The chords are different. It won't, ha- it won't hold up in court. Right. <laughs> that's, what <laughs> saying. Good that's what I'm saying. Well, let's go, let's go straight into experience then by S.G. Lewis. Oh, what tune? So ending that there with First Class Bitch by Confidence Man, which whilst we were off air, I was telling them how good Confidence Man are and how I'm slightly obsessed with their live show. Um, Sounds great. I, I feel like that song's about me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's definitely, <laughs> definitely about you. I mean, actually, that, I mean, not to go like in too, too much of a kind of negative outlook, but talking about live, like I've, I have seen you guys live. Oh, you were you. very good. Oh. I actually gave you shots straight afterwards, I and I think I you were ill. <laughs> and you were like, "Oh yeah, God!" I was yeah, about I to say, that. I was about to say, I remember just coming off stage and you going, "Jägermeister," whatever it was. Was it, it yeah. Jäger bomb? I think. Yeah, I can't remember why I did that. that. I think someone said that to me, and I was like, I just kind of gave them to, you and yeah. then walked off. Yeah, you and did. We, and then we went to karaoke. Did you come to karaoke? Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. That's the we got kicked show, out. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got kicked out of the karaoke bar there because we we. Oh, I don't know why that? I'm saying this. Oh, I maybe you weren't there. You are um, not your own band's hype man. In I'm not. Any way. I'm not. Basically, I'm an absolute cheapskate. So what I did was bought some tinnies from the shop and hid them outside the pub with the karaoke. And I was going out <laughs> to drink a tinny every time, Classic. and then come back in. And then they saw me bring a tisky back in. Shocking. And they came up to me and they were like, "Excuse me, we don't sell tiskies here." And I was like, "Yeah, you do." And they were like, "No, we don't. You have to leave." And I was like, "Okay, well, I can't really argue with that, can I?" Um, and I left. But I'd already sung um, Don't Stop Me Now and everybody loved it. They said I was pitch perfect. So what can you do? There's a dead stare going on. That's <laughs> right now. Uh, well, let, I mean, let's, let's talk about live. Well, there's two things. That, like, obviously, there's a lack of live. Um, mm. And, you know, and as, you know, I've, without blowing smoke, you guys were phenomenal live. I really, really enjoyed your live show. And Aww. now you've obviously had to fill that with something else with kind of the content you've got going on. And this kind of goes back to my point of Emma not being the loudest of people. <laughs> and I was watching your mahogany session video the other day. Yeah. And one of them said that Emma has the voice of an angel. And then if you watch your content series of Emma's stream of fuck ups, <laughs> it's a very different story. So how did, how did like the, because you, you've obviously got a sort of a veneer of the band, which is very soft and like ethereal and beautiful and everything like that. And then, the reality that seems to kick in <laughs> yeah. and how you know how have you how have you kind of meshed those together i think it's just i think when we first started out we tried to 
yeah convey this all we were quite ambiguous because we were trying to you know keep the soft yeah the like, mystery yeah a beautiful like branding i guess or appearance and then i think paul was like you know what social media like let's not be fake and like let's actually just be real and show what we're actually like which arguably is maybe not <laughs> what, <laughs> a terrible what, idea what, yeah, <laughs> horrible people which is arguably not what good branding is but i don't know i think it is really nice when you you get invested in an artist and you can actually have their real personality and I make a lot of mistakes and I am a bit of an idiot and I just feel like maybe people want to see that from time to time. Yeah. I think people understand that the music is removed from the fact that, you know, like if you make sad music, it doesn't mean you have to be sad all the time. You True. Know? Like you're going to, you're still a person, you're still going to have a laugh and you can still do like stupid shit things. Sorry. Um, and I think that's just, we got to a point where we were like, you know, we don't want to just post a photo and do a serious caption every time. We just want to, like, if we're doing some weird stuff, we want to be able to show it because people do weird. People are weird. Yeah, we we're are weird. Quite weird. You're weird, Gareth. I know. I people mean, an- another weird. question I want to ask, which I was kind of going to drop this in in the earlier link, but then I thought it sounds weird if I say it. Why are you always in the shower when you're doing these <laughs> videos? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's going to be the serious stuff. Do you know what? It's just like we were in lockdown and I got really bored of like posting normal places myself in my bedroom and we have like where i live we have this really beautiful bathroom obviously like everyone loves a little bit of reverb um and i was just like you know we're gonna rock it out in the bathroom why not (laughs) and then it just carried on just didn't stop yeah then there were pictures you know all right guys (laughs) i wasn't going in the shady area that i was just it's odd that you would just film yourself in the bathroom all the time. Well, no, I th- I th- yeah, it's generally because there was like nice reverb and light and, you know, make it pretty. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and again, another smooth segue into something else. <laughs> so you guys uh, did a run of covers. Um, how did that start? I think, I've personally, I've always um, suggested like random covers and stuff to do. And I think usually when we play live, it's like, okay, you can only really do one cover live. Mm-hmm. Like, and even then, like, especially in like a half an hour, 45 minute set, like that's kind of a push, you know. Some, sometimes you could probably be like, well, we can't do it. Um, and then, you know, lockdown happened and we were like, well, if we want to start doing these sort of split screen videos like every week or whatever, then it's like we can just do whatever we want. We can do a cover, we can do our own song. Um, so we just, you know, threw a, threw a, threw a few, that's a tongue twister, <laughs> threw a few ideas out there. Um, and then, you know, we tried some of them. They sounded pretty cool. So we, we thought we'd do, you know. Yeah. And and then one of those ended up on um, Love Island, which oh, is yeah. the goal for everyone. Everyone in the UK seems to have a track on this. The moment we get a track on Love Island. And then I like I have actually have like the utmost respect is that you got some grief for what I think is one of, <laughs> I genuinely think is a, a phenomenal cover. And I've, I'm going to play it in a minute. My favorite game is like, I think it's a brilliant cover. Thank you. But then you kind of like took it on board and turned it into like its own content series yeah. of people abusing you about the track as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we took a took a note from James Blunt. Yeah. There, oh, the, James Blunt's an incredible social media account. Oh, I love That's it. Like, and we were just like, but like it, gen- we genuinely found it hilarious that these people would take the time <laughs> to tweet. They didn't even they didn't know it was us. They didn't know who it was. They'll just 
we searched um, my favourite game and Love Island on Twitter, and obviously it came up with all the people that were talking about it. And there were a few nice ones, to be <laughs> fair. But, like, the amount of people that were just, yeah, like, ripping into it. <laughs> in, in very strange ways, might I add. Yeah, Someone very comparing strange. us, saying we were worse than Oliver Cromwell, <laughs> who, I believe... Murdered did, a lot of yeah. Did they give any context to the uh, the guy who no. kind of destroyed Ireland? <laughs> we can only we can only speculate. I I imagine they're either saying what we did was a worse act than what he did in terms of murdering thousands of people, or <laughs> if he covered favorite game, he would do it better. Oh, I think the second one's probably true though. I mean, yeah, Oliver Cromwell doing my favorite yeah. game. I've heard he's got a cracking voice. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I also I think when you when you do a cover, you just have to like you have to accept that people love those songs mm-hmm. and it's very easy to ruin a song and i mean we actually did another cover for a tv show called um of oh, what was it it was the cocktail twins we did um oh damn i can't even oh cherry colored funk which is like such a cool song mm-hmm. and i remember being like people are gonna kill us and they did and actually, I think it's completely I th- I fine. I think the reaction for that was better. I mean, yeah. I have to say, obviously, I was looking at and both. You've, the Clash loves both of those songs. You've Aww. obviously got a fan of Robin Murray because he he actually gave very good reviews to both of those. Guys. I love Robin. Aww. What can we yeah. say? <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's go. Let's go into my favorite game. you're looking for you haven't found it that's for sure you rip me up you spread me all around in the dust of the deed of time Two very different styles of cover song now. Mm. Um, so, <coughs> coffee, mad I don't know what you're talking about, Gareth. It sounded the same to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously we had uh, my favourite game, your cover of the Cardigans at the beginning, and then Giant Drag's cover of Wicked Game, which, as we were talking about off air, is an incredibly good song. They're both incredibly good songs. Yeah. And I think, as I said off air, both did justice. Aww. We'd hope so. Yeah. Although a few people from Twitter disagree. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> And, and Oliver Cromwell. And Oliver Cromwell, <laughs> apparently, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to what Oliver Cromwell has to say these days? Uh, so let's go, you know, obviously we've kind of gone over covers and we've gone over your beginnings and your influences. So what are you guys listening to right now? Um, so I I listen to quite a lot of different genres. I mean, everyone does. That sounded really pretentious, didn't it? Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. there's this French duo called um, Polo and Pan that I was introduced to, yeah, many years ago at university and I've just always followed them and they put out an EP, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and it's it's just great. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, I love them and everyone should check them out. Um, <laughs> I'm, kind of the, I'm kind of the opposite with this, uh, this girl called Holly Humberstone who's just absolutely incredible. She's got this amazing mm. voice. Um, but I think the main reason I really, I really like it is like, I just respect it so much when people put out like an EP or an album or something 
and like every song is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm. And she's just put out the CP. Like us, yeah. Like um <clears throat> yeah. Arctic Lake, <laughs> see inside out now. Um, but ev- every song in the EP is just like so good. Gorgeous. You know, where like you just you you're not gonna skip any song, and I just think that's like it's so hard to do. So when people can like manage to achieve that, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Um, so I'm really, really digging her at the moment. And she's from Lincolnshire, which is where Emma's from as well. She's a Lincolnshire gal. So Is know. that the accent that comes no, from? No, I don't even I don't even know why I did that. Because I that was kind of I mean Lincolnshire is what, North East? Yeah, it's really a bit um I don't know what I was doing, guys. A bit okay? there. I don't yeah. know what I was doing. <laughs> I she's a Lincolnshire gal, <laughs> she's <laughs> down the farm. I yeah. don't even know what accent I have anymore. It's really sad. So everyone, everyone from home is like you're so southern. Everybody here is like you're so northern. I can tell you right now, you're not southern, mate. Let me tell you. But honestly, I don't know because you're quite, you're like a well-spoken northern person. I, I'm actually. Which is actually are you sounds, saying that? No, no, I'm from the, I'm from the north, so like I can. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's it's being being around this one all the time has made me slightly posher, but I'm not Gareth. I'm absolutely you know. down on the farm. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really getting that from you. Trying the, to say I'm posh. Have you heard the way you speak? (laughs) Well, so far we've uh, insulted people from the West Country. Yeah. Well-spoken people. Yeah. And somehow people from Lincolnshire as well. I'm sorry. We've done everything. So let's let's go into uh, another song because I think that's a safe way to go. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go into, first we're going to Holly Humstone and Overkill. A couple more tequilas So there we had Overkill by Holly Humstone, Feel Good by Polo and Pan, and then another one from me, which is Helen by Oliver Malcolm, who just talked about off air. He's like one of those annoyingly talented people who's really young. Makes yeah. you sad about life. Well, we're yeah. young, Gareth. Are you? Are you? <laughs> we're not that young, actually. We are. I mean, you're young compared to me, so. We're yeah, still young. I'll take that. I'll take that. Young and talented. I feel like 21 was the last birthday where I looked forward to it, though. You know? What? Wow, is this why you look sad all the time in the press photos? Yeah. Are you no, thinking I... about <laughs> 21? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Like, 21, you're like, wow, I'm a fully adult now. And 22, you're like, shit, it's all just downhill, isn't it? I wrote a blog article for this thing, this website called Adulting, which is ironic because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, and like, I started it by saying, like, I'm actually only one-fifth of the way into my career, which when you think how old you, like, I'm... How old am I? 33. I had to think how old I was then. <laughs> well, yeah. um, but I was thinking like, that's such a depressing amount of time still left to go working. Mate, yeah. I, yeah. I think just sack it in and just go and live in the woods or something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a better existence than... I mean, you've met my wife four, four, and four. the fact that she's about to give birth to our child. So I don't think that's a real option. You said you're going to do a home birth. Well, yeah, but not in the woods. Like, you can get a little like water thing going in there, can't you? <laughs> oh get a paddling pool. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so... 
another. I mean, the, the segue, like, the, segue. The, the great segue is like just perfect. Like, it's so smooth yeah, going yeah. into new things <laughs> that we're going to talk about. You know us. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of talking about what's coming up for you, um, some of the stuff you've done more recently, um, and then you promised me that you had unreleased material that you've not given me to play. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all those things. So let's talk about first the collabs that you've had over the last sort of year or two, because you've obviously had some great stuff with Lane Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were just talking off air and, you know, I was like personally genuinely excited about the fact that you had the stuff with Peter Sandberg. Like, how did those come around? We actually, um, went to uni with Peter's manager and, um, Peter came over to London, um, for like a week or something. Yeah. Just like, you know, explore and like do some sessions. And his manager was like, you know, like he really likes you guys. It's like, see what you guys can make. And then, so I think we had two days with him. Yeah. Um, and we just went in and wrote two songs. And it was really lovely. Mm. And that, the one we wrote, the one that got released was actually the second one we wrote. And I think at the time we thought the one from the previous day yeah. was going to be like the single sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Um, but it ended up being that one, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, for me especially as well, like when, when we were at uni doing our dissertations, which I think was the first time I'd actually done some work at university. Um <laughs> <laughs> I would literally just put on Peter Sandberg and like Nils, all that kind of stuff. But he was like a very heavily featured artist in that playlist. And I would just put it on and just like work for like, you know, at least 25 minutes a day. And <laughs> it was crazy. So it was crazy. To look where you that. are now. And look where I am now, sitting in a room with you, Gareth. <laughs> where did it all go wrong? Wow. <laughs> Shocking. Um, but like to, you know, to be such a big fan from then and to then be like, oh yeah, we're going to work with it was pretty mental. And then to get in the room and as a self-taught um, piano player, to be in a room with Peter Sandberg was very, um, what's the word, humiliating, <laughs> right. I would say. He is, um, like, breathtaking. Ridiculous, it's, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember we were just like, can you just keep playing? Like, we just didn't even want to work. We just wanted to listen to him. It was like a private concert. He's, he's just, like, so good. Whereas with me in rehearsals, it's like Paul. Like, banging your Stop. face on the table. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> So yeah, I mean that whole experience was was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then the Lane Eight stuff as well was, um, I think that was through our management at the time. Where um, actually it was so road. The song that has surprisingly done the best <laughs> since it got released was um, a song that we had written for ourselves that just got shelved. Was in the you know in the maybe pile. Um, and our, our manager sent it to his manager, and he loved it and like reworked it a lot. Obviously. With that sort of music, the, the, there's not an actual chorus or whatever. Like we had a, a full-on chorus thing going on that, that got taken out, um, and he like reworked it and reproduced it into into Road, um, which was again pretty crazy because we were just never going to do anything with that song. And then from that, he came over to play All Points East, and then we had a, a actual session with him in a studio, which is where we wrote the other one, Don't Let Me Go, and um, which came around really quickly and like. It was like literally like two hours. Yeah, and Dan's so nice because he just like. I feel like a lot of electronic, um, artists will sort of give you give you like give you the song and then Mm. ask you to top line. Whereas with him, it feels really like collaborative. Any sort of if you have you know a fully formed idea, he'll take it and he'll run with it. And it's just like yeah, he's really great. He's awesome. Yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah, I suppose it's it's also kind of the the benefit of your sound in some ways as well, that it can go so many different directions. Like, I've, I mean, have you got a, you've got a Spectra Soul remix, is that right? One of the yeah. early tracks, oh, is yeah. a drum bass remix. But 
you know, other than that, your your sound allows you to have tracks that aren't remixes. Mm. Like, if that makes sense, like you know, you can have an, like an actual like house or electronic track that is a, yeah. a full track and isn't just someone you've just brought in to do a remix of a track. Yeah. But at the same time, you can work with Peter Sandberg. Yeah, it's exactly. such a broad like canvas that you can paint stuff with. Yeah, and I think that you know we don't want to stop doing either of those. Like that's that's uh, the music we love ranges from all of those things. So it's like I don't think we want to confine ourselves like we used to, where we're saying like we just have to do one sort of thing. Um, so yeah, and I think also with Daniel, the way he works as well, like a lot of people get in touch and they're like, they're clearly just after this sort of like generic ambient female vocal, mm-hmm. and they've probably you know they've got a list of like ten people they're sending it out to. Whereas with like Daniel, it's I, like it's just clearly not the case. He's just like, do what you want with it, and you know, he'll fit it in. You know, however he sees it can work best, which is great, because then we don't feel like we have to. Again, it's just the same thing. Like we don't feel like okay, they're only they're only using us for, because we sound <laughs> like that. You know, um, so he's amazing to work with, and we, yeah, we're working on some new stuff with him as well, which um, you know is very exciting too. So yeah, you know, collabs are always great. Yeah, I love it. So let's let's talk about the new stuff then. So we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna end the show with a track of your last EP, which actually has an acoustic version of it now as well. Oh, yeah. mm. um, but we were just talking about how you've got kind of a lot of material ready to go, and how it's quite a diverse group of material. Like talk about that, like talk about the process of that and putting it all together, and you know. Yeah, I think as we said before, Cold Hands was a real springboard, and us breaking the boundaries that we put in place of thinking we could only do ambient music and then i think we're just a lot happier now mm. <laughs> so you know we've grown like we've we've matured and grown and I, like you said earlier our tastes have changed over the past like five or more years <laughs> and so yeah i guess it just ref- we're we're writing what we're going through and yeah i think yeah we had we had like a rough few years you know you know the last couple <laughs> For all of us, it, it was it was a bit weird, um, and now I think we're we're just you know having oh, a bit more fun. I'm being so cheesy at the moment. We're we just really happy with ourselves, Gareth, and we're really happy. <laughs> with glad that the show's bringing this out of you, to be honest. Thanks, so. man. You know, it's the first time I've said this. When people see you on camera, like yeah, they just think I'm an absolute arsehole. So sad. It? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, to be f- I'm still very just being in this room with you, Gareth, is making me quite sad. To be honest with you. But also, just segueing <laughs> out of that moment you two are having. <laughs> um, but also, we realised that on stage, on our last few shows of doing Cold Hands, I was like, guys, there's this song. Now we have this song in a set where I don't want to cry. And it's so fun. We can actually move. And the audience, you know, they can do a sidestep to it. <laughs> and, and we were just like, this is so good. And also, I, I was saying to you earlier that when we when we used to write, it always felt... Like it was great, it was a great release for me because I was able to talk about a lot of stuff that I didn't feel, you know, brave enough to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then being on stage was a very like, it's beautiful, but it, I did feel quite exposed and vulnerable and it was super, super intense and emotional and I'd get off stage and I would just feel drained just from the fact, like, it'd be, it'd be amazing that I've shared that, but it would be, yeah, really emotional. And to now yeah. be able to do some fun stuff where you can dance and yeah. like, be happy with the audience and but just having said that the the like we still have the other side to us the the sad side the slow yeah. side um and i think actually with that stuff it's probably got more personal so i think we've got this you know the the new side to us with the cold hands thing where we've realized that we can do all that and we don't want to strain ourselves and when we want to do that we can but also 
with the other stuff, I think it's it's definitely got you know more personal with the way that we're writing lyrics and they're a bit more sort of yeah they're less ambiguous now so the sad songs is like because Paul for ages I was like oh you know I think the power in music and lyrics is like not telling the audience what it's about because then you can relate to it yourself and you're not being fed a story mm-hmm. but then Paul was like no Emma you just need to tell people like you need to tell them what it's yeah, about so I was like my fa- like I love hearing about what someone's written a song about because it doesn't take away the fact of how I relate to it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's why you never used to say it. Yeah. I but, mean, also, it was a bit of being a bit cowardly. Yeah. I was a bit like, I don't but I'm like, to. I'll hear a song and I'll, and I'll obviously, because I'm an absolute narcissist, I'll just think about myself and how it relates to me. <laughs> but then if I then go and look up what they've written about, it won't take that away from me. It'll just be like, it'll kind of add to it. Do you know what I mean? So I was, I've always pushed Emma to. But I think that opens up the story to an artist as well. Yeah. Like if you, if yeah. you kind of write. I was going to say morally ambiguous. That's not the phrase I was going for. Like <laughs> morally ambiguous lyrics. If you write like ambiguous or vague lyrics, like when someone's going to read about you, they're not going to read about you. They're just going to read like stuff yeah. that you're putting out. Yeah. Um, but then I think also way back when I was also maybe a little bit like, you know how you were saying, oh, I didn't used to value pop music. And I used to be like, oh, it's in the chart. Yeah. I think I was a little bit like that with lyrics. Mm-hmm. I I felt like more poetic lyrics had more value. Mm. And actually I've, like as we've like song started songwriting more and with other people i've realized that actually just saying things how they are yeah means there, that people a, can connect with it sometimes much quicker yeah. and like so there's a new song called um we don't speak that actually oh, yeah. the whole the whole premise for that was like we're sitting there you know we started writing something and i was and i just went like oh for this one can we actually i love it when in songs people use like specific very specific things mm-hmm about their own life but it somehow hits you really hard you know where they're like talking about a very specific moment in a place or a person and it's not something you've done but you can just imagine it and for some reason it really like gets you you know so for that song i was like can we can we do that with this thing because it it felt like right to do it so we sat there and for like an hour we were just talking about um you know the the breakups (laughs) we'd have and we were just we were, li- we were literally crying in the studio and just like talking about everything that we'd been through. And then we we're like at certain phrases. I was we were just, just like, like logging. That should like that should be a line in the song. And then so that song for me is actually like so much more personal than anything we've ever done. That yeah, it's I, true. I, so for me, the the two sides of the sounds we got now are like what we've done before, but more in depth. Yeah. And then this whole other side of actually more fun and and upbeat and really fun to play live and all that sort of stuff so but i guess that's um, part of the skill set as well isn't it it's like as you grow as artists like you learn to like define and pick out the things that are important and yeah. you know you you choose the stuff you do like i it's i guess a comparison but like i was talking there's a book called an american marriage which is mm. a brilliant book mm. and it's a really simply written book in my it's written from three different people's points of view but the author is at no point do i not think she is one of the most incredible authors i've ever read but it's really simple all the way through. Like nothing is overwritten, and mm-hmm. is it, but she just knows how to draw out things. And it's a very personal story to a black married couple in the South of America, which yeah. is obviously not about me in the slightest. But I was taking so much from that because she chosen the points to be really in depth, like you're saying, or she chosen yeah. the points to be really simple and get the language, like the mix of it all right. And I guess the more you do stuff, as you guys have done yeah. over the last four or five years, you've learned to like glean the bits that are best part for your music. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's also related to that is taking bits of like your life like because i think yeah so we've been i personally i've been single for like three three and a half years and like the the i didn't i didn't mean that you can't, you can't say this but emma's patting him on the back <laughs> <laughs> like three years. but like but 
like and most of it's been really great actually but like i think with being with that that there's loads of ups and downs of stuff that i didn't expect of you know i've always thought i'm actually not that much of an emotional person i don't get attached to people that quickly but then sometimes like you know you can meet someone and like see them a few times and like be devastated when it ends mm-hmm. but then on the other side of it you know see someone for like six months and not even be fussed about it and it's like <laughs> some stuff like that i'm just like i didn't think that i would feel like that and then like you say it's learning to then cherry pick from that um experiences that you know you think other people will relate to and putting those in songs and and so i think actually it's it's a mixture of like our, how our influences have changed but also how our lives have changed over the last like three or four years and all that has kind of resulted in this yeah this just sort being of, more honest i think yeah yeah we're just so open gareth so open <laughs> right well let's go into the track which i'm not gonna say changed it all but you know really changed the way that you uh you look to your music so we're going to cold hands oh i know it's been a while so tell me you want this like before little dancing away at the end there Emma. Don't tell them. Well, if, I'm going to tell them that you were patting him on the back. I've yeah. got. To t- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely not grooving out to my own well. song. <laughs> um, so yeah, so end of the show. That was Cold Hands by Arctic Lake. Who are my guests today? So Emma and Paul. Thank you for thank having you, us. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having us, Gareth. And yeah. I mean that. Yeah. I yeah. Know I mean usually that, that would be a sarcastic tone, but I mean it today. I mean, after the last sort of like emotional diatribe we got in the last <laughs> week. <laughs> I think like you might mean it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's free counselling, mate. It's well, great. It does pay 200 quid for this normally. It does feel like this. <laughs> um, so yeah, so th- I mean, as I said, thanks very much for you guys coming on. Um, and the second half of uh, the St. Marain show is always getting a mix from a DJ or some DJs from around the world. Um, and this time we've got a French collective uh, now based in Paris. Um, and they are called I thought they were called Pompalope, but apparently they're called Pompalop. Um, and they're four different DJs who have very, very different kind of outlooks on music and the way they... Can you they... just say that name again for me, guys? <laughs> Pompalop. Thank you. Carry on. Thanks, thanks. Uh, so they run a podcast and a radio show, which I've been a big fan of theirs for a while. Um, and they run parties in Paris. And for the next, well, I'm going to say it's probably about 45 minutes, uh, they've done a special disco mix for oh. St. Romain. Yes. So thanks once again to Arctic Lake and enjoy Pompalop. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 